0: This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona.
1: As a husband, as a a wife, walking this unity together, they can move from the chaos of this world into the order of God's plan and God's purposes in their life. But even beyond that, Our oneness with each other is a clear demonstration of God's kingdom. And our lives as individuals, our lives as husbands and wives, ought to declare the reality of God's kingdom to the world that's around us.
0: As we continue on in our teaching about the divine order, we are shown the example Christ gave us. You see, it's hard to submit to or trust someone who isn't all in. But Christ showed us he was all in by the cross. He was committed to the plan and the purpose that God had in his life. And so we should be committed to each other by this example, favoring one another not just in marriage, but in the body as well. By doing this, we will declare the glory of the Lord to the world around us. Well, let's join Pastor David in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 21, as we continue through his message entitled The Divine Order.
1: And each of these. As they're submitted, there is a similar, yet a different command to the opposite group. In chapter 5, verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. In chapter 6, verse 4, fathers or or parents, don't provoke your children to wrath. Bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Down in verse 9 of chapter 6, he says, Masters, treat your servants well, knowing that your own master also is in heaven. This whole passage is a declaration of order. A declaration of order to a world that is totally out of order. And God comes in with his plan to bring out of that chaos a peace and an order. Every level of our Christian experience, there should be that orderliness. There should be that demonstration of God's kingdom within our lives in every relationship that we have. The idea of submission has been hijacked. It's been misunderstood for so long. The submission that the Lord is speaking of here, it's not a demeaning idea. It's not the idea of power over another individual, one being greater than the other. We we see throughout the New Testament how men and women are now very much on equal and level ground. Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, he says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So what is this biblical idea of submit? I believe that it means to subordinate. And I know that that word you might think, well, doesn't that mean the same thing? Well, it's, it's, it's much in the same way as within the military. An individual of a lower rank has to submit or subordinate to those that are ranked above them. And even though an individual might be smarter or more experienced than those that are ranked above him, he still must submit himself to those who are in authority. And all of this in order to maintain order. If an individual were to go against this system in the military, it would be called insubordination, wouldn't it? Another name for it is called mutiny. There would be great confusion if there wasn't a system of rank and order. And in the same way, society is thrown into confusion and chaos if there is no order. And yet, at the same time, a general in the military or a leading officer within the military, I think he'd be foolish if he didn't take into account the insight, the expertise, the giftings of those that are of lesser rank, working together with those. In the discussion of order within the family, we can't delude, we can't do away with the understanding that the husband and the wife are called to be one flesh. Working in harmony with with each other's strengths and, yeah, even with each other's weaknesses. We work together in those, in every aspect of our relationship as husband and wife. In the Christian home, God has ordained that the man be the head of the home. Not in a way of lording it over everyone else, but with that understanding of his responsibility before God for the direction and for the spirit of that household. And the wife is to submit to this leadership. It says that she is to submit as to the Lord. Now, to help us understand that a little bit better, I want to look at a parallel passage that Paul wrote in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3, down in verse 18. You don't need to turn there, but simply he says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Very similar words, but I believe the intent of it brings it out a little bit clearer in the Colossians passage. Paul isn't saying that the wives are to submit to the husbands as if they are the Lord, That's not what he's saying. The idea is that when you submit to your husband, you're honoring the Lord. We find a very similar thought just a couple of verses down in that same Colossians passage where Paul writes in verse 23, he says, Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Ladies, when you submit yourselves to your husband's, You're honoring the Lord, and you're recognizing his plan and his design. As David Guzik says on this, he says, As to the Lord doesn't define the extent of the wife's submission. It doesn't define the limit of a wife's submission. It defines the motive of the wife's submission. As to the Lord. One more thing, while we're still back in, in in Ephesians, while we're still in verse 22, some have interpreted that "submit to your own husbands" to mean that a woman should should never work outside the home, since she would have to submit to someone else who's not her own husband. And well, basically, that's just a bad interpretation of what this verse says. If a husband and a wife decide that the wife shouldn't work outside the home, that's fine. But this particular verse has nothing to do with the wife working outside the home. The focus is on their relationship together. The problem today is that lack of submission to the leadership of the husband as God designed. And so the flow of the next two verses there in Ephesians comes into play. Look at verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Again, Paul is definitely speaking in in reference to the roles of husband and wife. The husband, by virtue of God's plan, not because of his own merit, you understand that, right? It's not because we necessarily deserve that at all, but it's God's plan, it's God's purpose, it's the order of God. The husband is put in a place of great responsibility. Paul's drawing a parallel between the idea of Christ and the church. Christ is the head of the church, the savior of the body. The church is subject to him in all things. Christ doesn't rule us with a a rod of iron. But out of the depths of his love, out of his great concern for us, he reigns and rules over the church. And as the wife is submitted to her husband, so the husband is committed in love to his wife. Paul continues on in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. I feel that it is, or at least should be, the greater and the deeper of the two directives here for the husband. The husband's love, the husband's commitment to his wife is to be as deep a love and a deep of commitment as he will ever make, second only to his love and his commitment to Christ. The commitment of a husband's love for his wife is to be an idea of total sacrificial love. This is the agape type of love that we read about all throughout the New Testament. It's, it's a love that is self sacrificial, it's a love that does not need to be reciprocated, not because of what she's doing, I'm loving her, no, I am committed in my love for her. Love is a choice that we make. If it's just a feeling, there will come times when that feeling's not there, but we make the commitment to love. It's a love, even in spite of. And then you can fill in the blank, whatever that might be. If that's the heart, if, if that's the motive of the husband. If that's the way he truly responds to the wife, then I don't think the wife would ever fear being in submission to him. But if she fears he'll take advantage of her submission, she's going to struggle with being obedient to the Lord's command in her own life because she's not able to do that because of the fear that's there. Christ's commitment to the church was total. He was all in. He loved the church so much that he died proving it, showing the greatness of his love. He committed to the church in order that he would have a a holy bride without blemish. He loved her enough to sacrifice his life in order that she would be clean and pure. And as Paul makes the statement, just as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for her. This is an all-out commitment and love that as husbands we need to have for our wives. So husbands, it kind of begs the question, how much have you sacrificed for your wife? What kind of a heart do you really have in that relationship? Or are you looking for her to serve you, and it's all about you? The purpose of Christ's love for the church was to make certain That the church was holy and without blemish. And this could only be done as Christ gave himself as that complete sacrifice. What Paul is not saying, he's not saying that the husband can make his wife sanctified. No. And he's not saying a husband can cleanse his wife or present her spotless or wrinkle-free. We're not able to do that, okay? That's the cleansing work of Christ in her life because of all that Christ has done for her. Paul continues on with the husband's responsibility here in verse 28. He says, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Now, again, you need to understand, this isn't some narcissistic thing that's going on. As a matter of fact, it takes the ego completely out and it points the emphasis of the union of husband and wife as one flesh. Martin Lloyd-Jones declares, the husband must realize that his wife is a part of himself. He will not feel this instinctively. He has to be taught it. And the Bible in all parts teaches it. In other words, the husband must understand that he and his wife are not two, they are one. I believe that when husbands begin to understand that, then their love and their commitment for their wives would be much greater. Husbands, although we're distinct in God's creation, each one of us, we're not isolated, we're not detached. We need to think, we need to act as a whole together with our wives. We see it so clearly as Paul goes on in verse 30. He says, for we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Did you catch that? He said that we are members. Speaking of the husband and the wife together, we are members. Again, Paul brings it back to the equality issue. Each one of us separate and distinct, yet the husband and the wife being one flesh, joined together with a purpose and a place in God's kingdom. Husbands, beyond her being your wife, much more than that, she's part of the body of Christ. How are you treating her? Are you nourishing her? Are you cherishing her? It really should be the focus of the husband to see that his wife excels in her Christian walk. To see her excel in the care of the home and of the children. To see her excel in every area of her life. Do you look for ways to demonstrate the, the greatness of your love and your commitment for her? Wives... Are you truly submitted to the Lord by being submitted in obedience to your husband's leadership within the family? Wives, in your submission, do you show honor and respect for your husband? Or are you, as the small child that was told to go sit in the corner because of his disobedience, and as he's sitting there in the corner, he mumbles out the words, I may be sitting on the outside, but on the inside I'm standing up. Where is the heart of the submission? Paul speaks further to this depth of commitment just as it was given in the very beginning. He, he goes back all the way to Genesis chapter 2 as he quotes from there the words that says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one Flesh Again, the two becoming one flesh. It means so much more than just the physical union. It also means one in purpose, one in spirit, one in direction together. This oneness is all a part of the orderliness of of God's plan. As a husband, as a, as a wife, walk in this unity together. They can move from the chaos of this world into the order of God's plan and God's purposes in their life. But even beyond that, our oneness with each other is a clear demonstration of God's kingdom. And our lives as individuals, our lives as husbands and wives ought to declare the reality of God's kingdom to the world that's around us. The world ought to be able to look at our homes and see something special, something different, something unique. Paul writes, verse 32, he says, This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. The great importance of our relationships as husband and wife is the picture it models of Christ and his church. United together, the church wholly submitted, Christ Fully dedicated. You can take a look at the relationships of the world around you. And you understand that most of them are in chaos. Most of them without direction. Without purpose. And that's why today we have divorce rates of 50 to 70%. A sad declaration of, again, commitment and sacrifice and submission to each other. But it's not just the statistics that are outside in the world. Unfortunately, those same statistics, they're within the church too. We can't just say, well, that's because they're in the world. No, that's because of disobedience. And even within the church, we have that today, don't we? Many are living outside of the commitment of the marriage bond and yet live together, even within the church. And beloved, that ought not be. That's a sin before God. There's many that are married, but they're unsatisfied within the marriage bounds. Therefore, the wife isn't submitted and neither is the husband committed to it. They just exist together. Many are married with the thought of, well, what's in it for me? Beloved, again, that's not the idea, that's not the biblical direction, that's not the spirit-filled direction and commitment that the Lord has for us as husbands and wives. And it's because of these things that there's no union, there's no harmony as one flesh. It's because of these things that love is so easily lost and respect for each other is long gone. It's because of these things that marriage and society move further into chaos. Having a true marriage relationship, a successful marriage relationship, a God-honoring marriage relationship, oh, that's simple. Just follow God's plan of order. It is simple, but it's not easy. It's only as each of us is willing to prefer the other above themselves submitting to one another. It's only as each is willing to be in the place of God's design as wife and husband. It's only as each is willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work through them in that relationship. Only then will success happen in having this God-honoring marriage. Only then will we follow God's plan and we'll be able to see that, that true order that comes out of chaos. Paul ends this section with those words, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. The need for love and respect. The unfortunate reality is that yes, even within the church, those two standards are often missing within a relationship. And because of that, the struggles, the pain, the heartbreak, the frustration, and yeah, the failure that comes into play. Did you know that love isn't just the gushy feeling you get on the inside? Love is the commitment that you make to each other. I commit to love you. Even at times, though you may be unlovely, I commit to love you. I commit before God and these witnesses, often is the words within the ceremony. How deep is that commitment? Or is it just words? And that commitment of a husband to his wife as Christ committed himself to the church. How deep does it go? Does it go only until it's uncomfortable? Only until it's beyond what I want to do? Christ went all the way for us. He went all the way to the cross for us. That's the kind of commitment that the Lord says a husband needs to have for his wife. The commitment where Christ gave himself totally And completely. Was it easy? No, it wasn't easy. As a matter of fact, we know that night before he was betrayed, or the night that he was betrayed, there in the garden as he prayed so earnestly, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, your will be done. We know that it was a battle within Christ, and yet he was committed to the plan and the purpose of God in his life, and so he went through the hard things in order to glorify his Father. Men, women, that's the way we need to live our lives in relationship to each other. Holy and completely. Committed to God. Does that mean that my, my wife will never make a mistake so it will be easy? No, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean that the, the husband is always going to choose the right path as the leader? No, it doesn't mean that. But God is honored when in the midst of things, when in the midst of, of, of frustration, in the midst of trials, the commitment remains solid, remains true, remains unto the Lord. In relationship to your wives. The Lord is honored. The Lord is blessed. When a wife willingly submits to her husband. Even though there may be times that he's, uh, again, not 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 worth submitting to. That's the work of God in his life. You honor God when you submit to him as unto the Lord. Beloved, if we're ever going to see a change in marriage relationships, in our country, but more than that, even within the church. We need to get back to the biblical standards of that relationship of husband and wife. In order for us to see the glory of God shining in our lives to its greatest extent, we need to get back to the commitment that God calls for us to make as husband and wife. In becoming one flesh. Christ loved us so much that he gave his life for us. In order that we wouldn't perish. But that we'd have everlasting life. The word says that if you'd call upon him. He'd give that everlasting life to you. Our hope is found in the truth of the gospel message. That Christ gave his life for us. Even through the uncomfortable times. Even through that, that was difficult. He made the commitment. My hope and my prayer for you as a fellowship is that your relationships as husband and wife would be that kind of a commitment. And I pray that God would give us the strength to do that. Amen.
0: It seems that more and more people are getting caught up in a works-based expression of their faith. Ephesians two eight says... For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. This is the book Pastor David is currently teaching through, Ephesians. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to www.theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although the Open Word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for worship on Saturday evenings, Sunday mornings, or Wednesday evenings. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to theopenword.com and follow the link to the church website. Finally, we want to encourage you to follow us on Twitter, the Open Word Radio. Or log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link right there on the homepage. Well, That's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with David Landry. Please join us next time as Pastor David continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on The Open Word.